should never say die! Going on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Forty Going On Fourteen. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel, and I'm Josh. And we were once so close to heaven that Peter came out and gave us medals, declaring us the nicest of the damned. I get that reference. I I know a lot of listeners won't, but I know at least two of you would. So, yep. So Joel didn't get it. What? I said at least two. What are you doing? He's ruining the Mighty Giants. (laughs) All right, so if that didn't give it away, as it usually doesn't, uh, this week we are doing road movies, uh, road trip movies, and for the then and for the now, we watched a bunch. And not trip, not road trip movies. Damn it! What did I say? You said road trip movies. There's a difference. Road, road movies. Road movies, yes. Road movies. Movies about being on the road. Again. Like a band of gypsies. We're on the road. Again. Doing our gypsy stuff. If you like being on the road, you might find something interesting to listen to on the road on Geek Life Radio, where you can hear us at 12 noon on Saturdays. You can also hear the Anime Trap House, HTML All the Things, and of course, Geek Life Radio's own Rad Dad Radio Hour, the Smorgasbord. I don't want to grow up, because if I did, I couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. You were so close. If you had just said Smorgasbord kid, I would have given you points. <gasps> I want to be a Smorgasbord kid. That See, Patrick, that was genius. Yeah, yep. that would have been perfect. But you screwed it up. <laughs> you buttered the wrong side. Uh, so if you're looking for more of this, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Blueberry Stitcher, TalkShoe, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and on Amazon Music. So Did anybody he say who, Podcast Addict? Podcast Addict. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. That would be the subtitle of our podcast, Podcast Addict. <laughs> Just... Man. No, I just meant we're some dicks and we're podcasting. Oh, okay. I thought you meant we had to, like the tappy tappy no. thing. Um, if you want to uh, give us a call, you can call us at seven zero eight now. Wrap that's seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven. And if you'd like to join the conversation on Discord, uh, you can go to our Facebook page and click the get in touch or whatever the button is. What does it say at the top? Connect. You know, contact. I got a lot of problems with a lot of these listeners that are not calling in. Yeah. If you haven't called in, I got beef with you. Mm-hmm. I got chicken. Beef. I got the other white meat. A dick? <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, but you're not right. On that note, I think it's about that time. Yes, it is. This week in music, movies, and TV. And dick. <laughs> oh, that's a bad time to take a drink. <laughs> Now to play the game, what's in Josh's nose? Oh, Beer. Yeah, this, I, I went with a, a, a brand new thing that we've never done before, and the acronym of the week is actually in the, the, the Twee theme. <gasps> it's in the Twee header. Yeah. Okay, all right. So this week, the 22nd of February, 1934, is the release of the acronym of the week, which is I-H-O-N. I have odd nuts. <laughs> a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, sorry. No, no, I that. do. Really? 
<laughs> yeah, but what's the acronym of the week? <laughs> it's a very little-known RKO film from 1934. No, that is, uh, it happened one night. Oh, and... I have odd nuts. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I have odd nuts, and so do you. Right, Valley? <laughs> so, I um, uh, Happened One Night is the first road movie to win an Oscar. Directed by Frank Capra, it starred Clark Gable, Claudette Colbert, and Walter Connolly. And was probably the first uh, movie to create the trope of girl sticks out her leg to hitchhike. Hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a scene where Clark Gable's trying to they're trying to get a ride on the side of the road and Clark Gable's putting his thumb out and Claudette Corbett goes like, Oh, can I try? He's like, Yeah, sure, whatever. Ha ha ha. It's nineteen thirty four. You're a woman. You can't do anything. Wop wop wop. Uh <laughs> and she goes out, puts out her leg and the car immediately stops. She's like, I could do something. Wop wop wop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if wop 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 was actually something that was said in the thirties, but it might have been. Bo, 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 bo. <laughs> All right, so music, Joel. Wait, they did the theme song to the Hill Street Blues? <laughs> you didn't know it was that old, did you? It's been around since the 20s. Pally. It was Hill Street Black and White. All right. <laughs> the number one song <laughs> in the land was... That was so stupid. <laughs> oh, shit. That is, uh, why am I laughing at that? That's, that's, the one that, that's the one that got us, huh? Yeah. All right, so the number one song in the land was Let's Fall in Love by Lou Sherwood with the Eddie Dushin Orchestra. <laughs> I'm sure it's like Dukin. Dukin. Not Dukin. that that's a whole lot better, but... Yeah, not Dushin. Eddie Duckin Orchestra. <laughs> a dick. Duchin, maybe? I don't know. Duchin? I think Duchin. I don't think it's Dushin. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty du- sure it's not going to be Dushin. Dushin? Dushan? Duchin. Dushan. Eddie Dushan. Yeah, Dushan. There you go. Eddie Dushan. We're going with that. Eddie Dushan Orchestra. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Born February 17th, Sir Alan Arthur Bates, CBE, was an English actor who became who came to prominence in the 1960s. Known mostly for his performance with Anthony Quinn in Zorba the Greek. He also had roles in King of Hearts, Far From the Maddening Crowd, and The Fixer, for which he received an Academy Award nomination for Best Actor. He also appeared in many television dramas, including The Mayor of Casterbridge, The Collection, A Voyage Round My Father, weird, and Pack of Lies. He also appeared on the stage, notably in the plays of Simon Gray, such as Butley and Otherwise Engaged. Voyage Round My Father. Yeah, I couldn't leave that one out, obviously. Is it like Fantastic Voyage, except they never actually make it in the body and they just kind of float outside? No, that it's is... just a, a five-minute short film where he just walks around his dad. I thought his dad was just really fucking fat. <laughs> That's why it took five minutes. No, really, really fat. <laughs> like he had to get, you know, around the world in 80 days kind of thing happening. He had to get a dirigible. I don't know. Moving Pretty on. <laughs> Clyde Skip Batten, born February 18th, was an American singer, songwriter, bassist, and recording artist. He was a founding member of the Birds and was also in the New Riders of the Purple Sage and the Flying Burrito Brothers. Oh, I did not know he was in the Flying Burrito Brothers. There you go. Yeah, I learned something. You're learned, Josh. That's your cue. Yeah, that's music. Right there's the <laughs> unmute button. The number one movie in the land was "I Have Odd Nuts." <laughs> no, I think we have already established that is it happened one night. "I Have Odd Nuts" was the number two movie. In the land. <laughs> Strangely enough, also starring Clark Gable. <laughs> 
In February, singer Dolores Reed joined Bob Hope's vaudeville troupe and began performing with him at Lowe's Metropolitan Theater. Almost immediately, the two of them began a relationship that lasted until his death, despite his deserved reputation as a womanizer and philanderer. You like to give away money? I know. I know. That's not what that means. I'm just going to move on. Yeah. Born February 19th, Carol Eastman was an American actress and screenwriter. Among her credits are the screenplays for The Shooting, The Fortune, and Five Easy Pieces, for which she was nominated for an Academy Award. She occasionally used the pseudonyms Adrian Joyce and A.L. Appling. Hmm. That's weird. I wonder I wonder what she was in as A.L. Appling that like she didn't want. Well, Probably sometimes I have odd nuts. <laughs> Sometimes Deep pseudonyms throat. were done to like get around pay scales and things like that. Oh, uh, okay. And they weren't necessarily done just because they didn't want their name attached. Well, I looked it up, and apparently Al Appling is a real estate agent in Florida. We found Carol Eastman. <gasps> Call Kodak. <clears throat> so TV. There are no television shows to report. This is before they started keeping ratings. Ta-da. So uh, John Barry Humphreys, A-O-C-D-E... Born February 17th, is an Australian comedian, actor, satirist, artist, and author. He's best known for his onstage and television alter ego, Dame Edna Everidge. He's also a film producer, scriptwriter, musical theater actor, writer, and landscape painter. That came out of left field. Humphrey's forte has always been his one-man satirical stage reviews, in which he appeared as character creations such as Dame Edna, Les Patterson, and Sandy Stone. In the UK, he made two highly successful series of his comedy talk show, The Dame Edna Experience. In 2000, Humphreys took Dame Edna, the royal tour show, to North America, and his newfound success in America led to many media opportunities, including a semi-regular role on Ally McBeal and hosting a gig on Saturday Night Live. The remarkable longevity he has enjoyed with Dame Edna has endured for more than 60 years, but in 2012, he announced his retirement from live performance. Huh. I had no idea they were. He had been doing that for that long. Dame Edna. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Eddie Rue McClanahan. That's a great name. Born February twenty first, was an American actress and comedian, best known for her roles on television as Vivian Harmon on Maud, Aunt Fran Crowley on Mama's Family, and Blanche Devereaux on Golden Girls, for which she won an Emmy Award in nineteen eighty seven. Thank you for being a friend. You know what's funny? Traveled around my dad and back again. Wasn't the oldest Golden Girl actually the youngest actress? Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I don't yes, think she that's was the true. youngest. Oh, she was the youngest? She was the youngest. Yeah. Estelle oh, wow. Getty was the youngest by two or three years. I was going to say, I, I knew she was only like six years or something younger or older or something than the woman, than B. Arthur, the woman that was supposed to play her daughter. Yeah. And if you threw a party... <laughs> Invited everyone you knew. Why is this the clearest he sounded all show? I, you I would know. see the biggest gift would be from me, and the card attached would say, Thank you for being a dick. <laughs> you were right. Uh, she was just younger than uh, uh, B. Arthur. Okay. Okay. Rue McClanahan was actually younger than Estelle Getty. I oh, was okay. incorrect. <clears throat> All right, well, at least we both got the wrong info. I don't feel too bad now. And I got to be right. I got to nice sing. Thing. Yes. That was, and if that's if that's the copyright strike that takes us down, Joel, because <laughs> <laughs> all the crap we've pulled on this show and you singing the Golden Girls theme song is going get to a, get a strike for us. That'll be great. 
Um, <clears throat> for another great name, Van Zant Jarvis Williams was born February 27th, an American actor. His big break came as a co-star of the television series Bourbon Street Beat, which was set in New Orleans. It was axed after one season, but Williams' character, Kenny Madison, was recycled into the Surfside 6 television series of the same time slot. During the run of these series, Williams occasionally guest starred in other shows, such as Cheyenne, 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 77 Sunset Strip, Hawaiian Eye, and uh, Williams also had a supporting role in The Caretakers. He was in a series regular in The Tycoon with Walter Brennan. Williams worked in television commercials and had guest appearances on various television series such as The Dick Van Dyke Show, The Beverly Hillbillies, and The Milton Berle Show. In 1966, he landed his most famous role as a famous radio character, The Green Hornet. Williams played the role straight and liked the comedy approach of the same producer's Batman show. He and co-star Bruce Lee also made three guest appearances in character on Batman. After The Green Hornet ended, Williams guest starred on shows such as The Big Valley, Mannix, Love, American Style, Nanny and the Professor, Weird, Ironside, Mission Impossible, Gunsmoke, and The Manhunter. Nanny and the Professor. Why don't they remake that? <laughs> they did, and it was it was filthy. I was going to say, it sounds like a stag film. <laughs> sounds like, like an old school, like reel-to-reel, with like the, the word cards popping up. Oh no, the nanny has come into my room. You're going to ruin the experiment. And then he pulled out his slide rule. She said, a dick. <laughs> Jesus. Moving on. Robert William Bobby Unser, born February 20th, is an American former automobile racer. He is the brother of Al Unser, Jerry Unser, and Louis Unser, the father of Robbie Unser, and the uncle of Al Unser Jr. and Johnny Unser. Why are you laughing? <laughs> That's a lot of Unzers. That's a lot of Unzers. The Unzer family has won the Indy 500 a record nine times. He is one of ten drivers to win the Indianapolis 500 three or more times, and one of only two to have won the 500 in three decades. He won in 68, 75, and 81. Nine times. Yep. Nine times. I will say this. I do follow the stuff, and the Unzer family is friggin' amazing at driving. They race... It's it's like they're like they get genetically predisposed to drive. So would you say they're the master race? Family? No. <laughs> Don't you edit out a second of that silence. He deserves all of it. Moving on, Sparky Anderson, American MLB manager for the Cincinnati Reds and the Detroit Tigers, winning the World Series in 1984 with the Tigers, was born in Bridgewater, South Dakota on February 22nd. And lastly, Ronald Arthur Gaunt, born February 26th, was an Australian cricketer who played in three test matches between 1958 and 1964. He was chiefly a fast bowler who took 266 wickets in first-class cricket at an average of 26.85, playing first for Western Australia and then for Victoria. His opportunities to play for Australia were restricted by the presidents of Alan Davidson, Garth McKenzie, and Ian Meckiff, of course. They were on the team at that time, but he took the wicket of Dick Westcott in his first over in test cricket, and in all, he took seven wickets for Australia at an average of 44.28. Yes, that Dick Westcott. That was the filthiest thing I've ever heard you say in sports. 
After he retired from playing, he became a successful coach and was involved in the development of Merv Hughes and Tony Dotamade, among others. Oh my God, not Tony Dotamade. He's, <laughs> he he's taught him of, everything he knows. Yeah, he's father to Lynn Dotamade, cousin to Charleston <laughs> Dotamade. <laughs> the Dotamade and the Unzers, they got beef. I, I can't see how that would work out well for the Dotamades. I'll take the chicken. <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. Fine, the taco then. <laughs> Play us off, keyboard Joel. Jeez. I thought he was stuck there for a moment. We can only dream. <laughs> Laura calls us. What did you do? So we talked about doing a road movie and also in, started up some conversation on what exactly is a road movie. What is, what it isn't what it kind of bleeds over into. So I looked up some things. Wikipedia, their definition is a road movie is a genre of film in which the main characters leave home on a road trip, typically altering the perspective from their everyday lives. Pretty succinct. Yeah, tight to the point. But TV tropes, it's a movie about characters taking a trip from point A to point Z. Along the way, they stop by points B, C, D at all, while all things happen to them at different points. Sometimes it's comedy. Sometimes it's a drama. The things that happen often teach characters things they didn't know about themselves. Unsurprisingly, this type of plot opens itself wide for the cliche storm and the narm, which cliche storm, their example is Dungeons and Dragons, the movie. You heard if you heard a ding every time one of the cliches popped up in that movie, that would be a a cliche storm. Uh, a NARM is a moment that is supposed to be serious, but will soon either spill over to oversappiness, poor execution, excessive melodrama, or the sheer absurdity of the situation. The drama is lost to the point of surpassing cheesy and has now become unintentionally funny. So that's what NARM is. See, see Twilight. Yes. Uh, but directors conscious of what kind of movie they're making can defy these and create a very original and poignant tales. An important distinction needs to be made between a road trip plot and walking the earth story. The heroes encounter an adventure at every stop and end up staying at each location for a while to solve some major problem or deal with a big event. It's walking the earth. Kung Especially fu. if each what's that? Kung Fu. Yeah, Kung Fu. Uh um supernatural. Mm-hmm. That's a walking the earth. Especially if each location is considered an adventure town. If, on the other hand, each location is merely a brief stop along the way and the story is more about the journey than the specific locations, then it's a road trip plot. Is Quantum Leap walking the earth? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, probably. Because he it's not like he's he has shows up at a it's just like any other place instead of a road he's traveling through time shows up at a location has to solve a problem when the problem is solved he moves on to the next location hoping that the next leap will be the leap home spoiler it won't be poor poor mr bacula he's still lost <laughs> right uh road trip episodes can be broken down into several types they've got the type 1 family car most common which characters pile into a car and rv and go someplace Uh, There's two subtypes of this one. If the characters complete the trip and come back with the boring return journey, occasionally that's possibly omitted. And the other type of that is the uh, family car, and they never actually get there. 
uh, type two road movie is on public transportation in which the characters themselves aren't in control of the vehicle. So a bus, a plane or a spaceship or whatever. Uh, sometimes it's derailed by the stuck at the airport plot and type three alternate transport and involves uh, characters who are always traveling, taking some different mode of transportation. So uh, Star Trek universe, leaving their starship and taking the bus or a shuttle type of thing. Doctor Who. Yes. Yeah. Doctor Who's, a, I would say it's a road trip movie. A road 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 trip type style because it's you know show up there's all the always a different location sometimes there's one or two episodes for it but hmm mm. I had never considered it that way but yeah I guess I don't know it seems more of the walking the earth thing to me because he stays at a location for a short while or the doctor stays at a location for a short while solves a problem and then moves on he's not trying to get anywhere okay he's yeah just... it's not like he's he has a destination in mind he's just moving right. from place to place okay i rescind my statement and replace it with your own nice um i don't know if you guys are familiar with the book called save the cat it's uh the... yes okay it's by blake snyder and in uh that book snyder talks about the version of the quest which he connects with a road movie uh, in a seemingly unrelated character, uh, unrelated encounters that cause character development for the hero. He may never reach the goal that he set out for, but he does reach a different goal of self-discovery. And then he goes on to explain why this movie has always seemed a little disconnected. Uh, he then lumps in all heist movies, along with any quest, mission, or treasure locked in the castle plot hmm. into that. So <clears throat> the I essential... think it's kind of a little bit too broad of a stroke myself. I agree. <clears throat> So the essential ingredients on these are road, having a road on which a journey must be made, provide signposts that indicate growth, the team or buddy the hero needs to guide them along the way, and who represents things the hero lacks, such as skill, experience, or attitude, and the prize to be won, which can either be getting home, getting the treasure, securing the birthright, uh, finding that sure thing. That was another movie that I thought about watching. Uh, a trope maker for as far as a road movie sun drama is concerned. Uh, it happened one night. Claudette Colbert is a spoiled heiress who wants to escape her father's detectives and make her way from Florida to New York to get married. Clark Gabriel is a newspaper reporter who aids her in exchange for the scoop on her story. And naturally, romance ensues. Aw. Bubble, yeah. bubble. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why we have Clark Gable singing like Bing Crosby now. <laughs> so with these definitions out there, how would... Each of you, if somebody says we're going to go see a movie, oh, what is it? Well, it's a road movie. What's What definition pops into your mind? There's going to be a movie about some kind of a journey with uh, friends. Basically, those are like the, the two big things I would think of when somebody says a road movie. Friends on a journey. Right. Yeah, I think for me, the key thing is, is the trip the point? Like, if the trip isn't the point of the movie, I don't think it's a road movie. So what, what movie would you think of where the trip was not the point? Shoot, we I know we had this discussion on the Discord, uh, and there was definitely one that uh, the trip was not the point. I'll have to, I don't know if I could scroll all the way back, but there are definitely ones where you go somewhere, but doing something is more important than going somewhere. Pulp Fiction, they go, they go several places. Definitely not a road movie. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of time spent on the road. Well, that's like Natural Born Killers. There's not... Oh, yeah. yeah, Natural Born Killers. That's exactly the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, because they're on the road for the entire movie, but there's not a, a destination not a yeah. per se. There's more, you know, little vignettes and adventures in between with lots of murder. Lots um, of murder. Lots of murder. And murder is... Murder? <laughs> but, you know, a road movie, you have one or more persons, 
getting in a vehicle or by foot or whatever, going from one place to the next and somehow being changed along the way is what I would expect if I go in to see a road movie, whether it's comedic or dramatic or scary, you know, as long as there's a an arc in the character of some sort. Or a does does a road movie need to have? I mean, would would a road movie also include like one that has a foil where there's a villain chasing after them? No. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary, but it, I mean, it it can be there. I mean, but if I'm, I guess maybe I'm, I misworded the question. If if that does exist in a movie, is it still a road movie? Oh, sure. It, it can have a villain. It just doesn't need one. Okay. Well, like, yeah, because like, I'd say uh, the wizard, the NES, I'm going to a tournament, is a, a, almost a pure road movie. Well, when you mentioned a villain, I was thinking of Breakdown, which was the you know the remake with uh, was it Kurt Russell? No, it's his, uh, Tron. No, where his wife gets kidnapped by yeah. like uh, the trucker, and he's chasing him, trying to. Yeah, is it know. Kurt Russell or is it the dude who played Tron? Oh, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, that's what I couldn't remember. Is if because. There was that, and there was The Vanishing, and I think you're thinking of The Vanishing. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, it was breakdown was Kurt Russell, and uh, they're going on a they're going cross country or whatever. But then she gets kidnapped, and then the road movie or the trip cross country changes to the trip to get his wife back. My favorite, unexpected by virtually all of our definitions, road movie is The Warriors. That I could see. Because it really is the point of the movie is that they're going somewhere. They're trying to get back to their own turf. Like when someone said, uh, by that definition, the Warriors is a road movie, I wanted to disagree. But the more I thought about it, I was like, no, that's it absolutely is. Yeah, that is the, the whole problem. I mean, it is, it's the we're getting, you know, like you said, we're going home type of thing. And there is the signposts along the way, which are represented by all the different gangs that they encounter. Well, then by that definition, is the Wizard of Oz a road movie? Yes. Ooh. On all the lists I was looking up, it kept coming up repeatedly. Is going somewhere the point? I don't think it's a road movie. She's trying to get to the wizard. Trying to get to Oz, yeah. Yeah, to see the wizard. The wonderful wizard of Oz. Here he is, a a whiz of a whiz. Crap, maybe it is a road movie. So she gets... If ever a whiz there was. She gets dropped in uh, Munchkinland, along with her house. And follows the yellow brick road. To get to Oz. No, that was To see the wizard, to get home again. And has all kinds of adventures. And changes. Grows up a little. Helps her friends. Maybe it is a road movie. (laughs) I mean, I, like, I think I don't even know what a road is anymore. <laughs> I think a lot of us, when we think of the term road movie, the first thing we think of is something like vacation or road trip. You know, yeah. So you, you think you think of things in a car first of all, right? Yeah, and typically comedies more than dramas. But yeah, yeah, it does seem to be. I mean, well, I mean, I think comedies just lend themselves to be defined as road movies more than dramas would be. Well, because you look at something like. Uh, uh, California or The Hitcher, where you know, or like I watched Duel last night, which falls under the category of a, a road movie where you've got bad things happening. California. But I mean, you know, David Duchovny and uh, Michelle Forbes are trying to get go across country to take shots at murder sites for their book. They meet up with Brad Pitt and uh, Juliette Lewis. He happens to be a serial killer, and they get from point A to point B, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens in between. And, so, yeah, I mean, it, it qualifies, but it's not kind of what you think of right off the bat because it's dark. Yeah. Hmm. What three things do you guys need to be present for a movie to be considered a road movie? A road? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, road movie, but at the same time, we just said, uh, oh, that was Wandering the Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Star Trek, a space opera. 
I mean, I guess you could make a road movie out of there where you wouldn't need roads. Here's a question. Battlestar Galactica. Is it a road movie? The original? No. Hmm. No, they're looking for Earth. They're trying to get home. Yeah, but I think opposing the Cylons is the point, not the journey. And there's no, like, wacky buddy antics. Like on Buck Rogers. I'm sorry. What about that little robot dog thing? Daggett? Twiggy. Daggett. Twiggett. Twiggy. No, Twiggy was Buck Rogers. Yeah, Twiggy. I know. I, 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 did a, I did a combo there by accident. Twiggy. No, that was Tron. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Breakdown. Uh, I mean, I think you need a, a form of travel. So whether it's car, boat, plane, feet. Plane, train, automobile. You need some yeah. sort of a, a road, or uh, whether it's highway, streets, space, water. And you need a, I mean, I think you really need a destination because otherwise you're just, you're doing more of the adventure thing where you're just kind of wandering around aimlessly. Yeah, you're just, wandering you're just on the road with Jack Kerouac at that point. You need a, well, that qualifies as a road movie because, well, anyway. You, well, he you didn't need, have a destination. He just drove. Well, he was driving back and forth from California to uh, New York. Uh, you need to have a starting point and a place that you're heading to. But does okay. it have to be a physical place? Doesn't it though? Well, if if you're if you're in a movie where you're Is that our destination was the friends we made all along, right? Like yeah, I don't just... like a metaphorical destination is still a road movie. I I don't think I agree with that. Where I've... you're on the road trying to find yourself. Mm, I I'm mean, sure. by that token, almost anything is a road movie. Yeah, because then you're like, then it's journey of self discovery. Okay, so here's yeah. is it a road movie if they never get there? The road is within. The road was in you all along. Ew, get it out. Uh, I guess it depends on where they end up. Uh, why didn't they make it to their destination? They died. Oh, that's pretty dark. So like Thelma Louise. The movie. <laughs> yeah. I because I, I can't think of an example of a movie where they didn't make it to their destination. I mean, I guess, like I said, Thelma Louise, perhaps. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Good oh. pull, because I think that is a road movie. But, and they definitely didn't make it. Spoilers. I mean, they don't get to their destination. I mean, they get to a destination, but their their destination changes because of the situations they're put in. So then something like, uh, I'm not Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, and what about the 1920s gangsters? Oh, um, 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 Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde. They're on the run. Yeah. They, they don't really have a destination except to escape the people that are chasing them. But then is there a destination, so therefore it doesn't qualify? We're going to spend so much time defining this, we're never going to talk about the movies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, 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 let's skip to the movies then. So, Josh, I took the intros backwards. Tell us what you watched. I, I mostly, for then, focused on the classics because I'd never actually seen them. I focused on the uh, Bob Hope, Bing Crosby uh, original, kind of defining the genre. Like, they weren't the first ones, but since they all started with road to blank they sort of like gave the genre a name mm-hmm. and uh holy crap are most of them super oh. racist and sexist and <laughs> there was a homophobic volcano in road to bali as you will <laughs> homophobic volcano yeah one of the whole big things is like they both want to marry uh dorothy lamore who is their uh romantic lead in almost all of them except for the last one because bing was a dick and thought she was too old so he replaced her no joke yeah he's right bye but uh <laughs> at this in this uh one they both think they're gonna marry her she wants to marry them both 
but uh, the evil villager uh, on the island has decided that they are going to marry each other, which makes the volcano god angry. <laughs> so they're in these masks, and they each think they're marrying the princess, but they're actually marrying each other. When they learn they're going to be killed, every time they show affection towards one another, it's like, yeah, we've we've really been through it. We've had some laughs, and they hug, and the volcano gets mad and <laughs> shoots lava. <laughs> And they don't realize it's why it's happening, but it's very clear that it's like anytime they hug or whatever, the volcano gets mad and starts killing people. Wow. So, yeah, not exactly culturally sensitive. And most of it was just a like, the destination is technically the point, but really we're going to do classic vaudeville. We'll sing a song. We'll do a comedy bit. Then we'll sing a song and do another comedy bit. So it was kind of like the, the, the two guys in Pete's Dragon. Oh all yeah! They, all they were doing was vaudevilling it up the whole time, chewing up the scenery. Well, and that's actually how they uh, chose them because the the road to series was originally uh, offered to a couple of different uh, pairs of actors, including uh, Gracie and uh, George Burns. And Gracie thought it was stupid. And eventually, they were just like, "Hey, these two guys have in the radio plays this funny rivalry. Why don't we pair them up?" Well, they didn't know that uh, Crosby and Hope had actually done vaudeville back in the day together and already had some patter and some routines down. Already knew how to play off one another, and this launched like a six film franchise. And that's all I have to say about <laughs> that. <laughs> now, I I watched both of these. I've seen just about all of them over my lifetime um the road to morocco that's the one that's got the scene with peter sellers and peter Sellers. it's like they it was almost like putting robin williams in a movie because they didn't really know what to do with him they didn't know what he it was kind of like what the hell is he doing type of thing because he went off on his like peter sellers tangent uh where, where he played the doctor i haven't seen any of the road movies so i don't yeah oh. same Okay, yeah peter sellers i i with someone where peter sellers he plays an indian doctor and it's it's like the Bob Hope and Dean Crosby really have no idea what to do with him because he's he's hilarious. You know, he's just like randomly picking up things and playing a flute and then the snake pops up out of the basket. And he's being very Peter Sellers, -ish, but um, very, very young Peter Sellers, but still damn funny. Have to take your word for it, I guess. Right. Yeah, they're, they're on a list somewhere, but I did not get around to him. So, Joel, you watched The Duel. Or Duel. Yeah. I watched Duel last night because uh, I, I was looking for something that was a little outside of the norm, uh, you know, because, again, most of the road trip movies kind of fall in that comedic category. So I started to do the search on, you know, kind of scary themed horror or uh, horror road trips, since that's kind of my thing. And uh, I've been wanting to see this one for a long time. It's considered Steven Spielberg's first film. He was 25 and he made it for TV, nonetheless. Uh, and then they added footage to release it in theaters internationally. But um, oh, it's all it's about a, Richard Matheson. I did not know that. Yep. It's all about a guy who is leaves home and is going on uh, a trip to get to. He has an appointment, which they never really clarify what the appointment is, but he's got to get to an appointment. And along the way, he oh, it was, has, it was at his periodontist. Yes, he was trying to get to his periodontist. And uh, he, he had a slight altercation with a big truck that's like a it's like a gas truck or it looks like one looks kind of like the truck from uh, jeepers creepers um and this person in the truck decides that that's not gonna be the way things go down and he starts chasing him and the whole movie is about him trying to get away from this trucker that you never see his face um huh. and 
he never gets to his destination. Spoiler, but the movie's from 1971, so sorry. Uh, but there is a conclusion. And uh, yeah, it was definitely a different take on the road movie because he had a couple stops along the way. But uh, he's trying to get from point A to point B. And by the end of it, he's definitely a changed man. Yeah, I saw that movie, I think, when I was in high school. I haven't seen it since. It's surprisingly good. Laura and I were watching it last I remember it being last very night. tense. Yeah, there's not a lot of dialogue. And it's mostly the the, the driving. There's a lot of rearview mirror shots. A lot of lot of shots on the road. And uh, once it was over, Laura and I were both like, "Wow, that was really good." But I mean, it's Spielberg, so Hmm. uh, what do you expect? I guess. Well, you expect Spielberg, right? Young Spielberg, but at the same time, kid's got chops. He's going places. This guy knows movies. Now, the other one you watched was Road Trip. I figured. If you're going to talk about road movies, road trips, you should watch the movie of that name because it's, you know, it's it's a funny, it's a pretty funny movie. Uh, but uh, Brecken Meyer plays a kid who is in college. He's had a long distance relationship with his girlfriend. He accidentally uh, sends it. He thinks that they're broken up and he accidentally sends a tape of him having sex with another woman that he filmed in the mail and he hops in a car with Sean William Scott and DJ Qualls and that other kid. <laughs> and they're going cross country to try and get to intercept the tape before she gets back to college. And of course, hijinks ensue. What? Hijinks? Total hijinks. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's, it's kind of a uh, teen sex comedy, but on the road yep. and it's, it's, it's better than a, it, it should be. Uh, it's not, you know, going to, uh, change the world in any way but it's definitely a fun movie and it was certainly a road trip because they get to their destination and they get back too is that the one with tom green in it that yeah. is the one where he, he's taking he care of the, the snake. snake yeah yep. yeah i've yeah. seen bits and pieces of it and he got in trouble with Peter because he put the mouse in his mouth yeah yeah i'm not a tom green fan either daddy would That's... you like some sauce no <laughs> <laughs> i've never seen that movie Ugh. actually I, I haven't seen either of them actually so but, uh, Patrick, yes. you and I watched the same movie. We did. We did. You watch Midnight Run, I watch Midnight Run. I love Midnight Run. It's a great movie. There's What's a, it about? There's several lines in that movie that I use regularly. Is that the um, one with You Charles guys know Grodin? what the movie's about. Robert De Niro plays a bounty hunter uh, chasing Charles Grodin, the accountant ah. who's uh, being being chased after by the FBI and uh, the mob, and two bounty hunters all at the same time. They're all trying to collect him for one reason or another. And so they're going from uh, New York. Was it New York all the way to L.A.? Uh, they, they... Yeah, they. Where did he find them? It's a hell of a road trip. Yeah, yeah. He got two one two area code. He's like, looks like I'm That's going right. to New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he, it's he's being chased by the FBI and by the mob and by random encounters along the way. Also, uh, trying to get him to L.A. to have him. Uh, to get the well, the he's trying to collect back. the yeah, he's trying to collect a uh, hundred thousand dollars is what he's been promised if he can bring him back to the bail bondsman in time. And the mob's trying to get him so they can kill him, and the FBI's trying to get him so they can get him to testify against the mob. Yeah, so there's all kinds the... of moving pieces as they're trying to get across the country. And the whole thing starts off by Charles Grodin convincing him that he's too afraid to fly, so they have to take another mode of transportation. Yeah. Charles Grodin it has Charles Grody in this. Yeah. Yeah. Pete Grodinist. Yeah. Oh, Pete Grodinist. He was a cricket. He, he had, I mean, he had some great scenes. There's some good lines in this whole movie. So it's yeah. a comedy then. Yes, it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like comedy adventure, you know, and they do everything from driving, you know, getting, you know, stealing a car, driving from one point to point, point A to point B, uh, skipping out on town on a moving freight train, 
all that. And then you've got, uh, he's being chased by Yafi Koto. Ah, yes. Who's the uh, FBI agent. Alonzo Mosley. Alonzo Mosley. That's his name. Oh, that's his name. Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to remember what Alonzo Mosley looked like. All I could think of was Yafi Koto. Yeah, well, that was him. <laughs> that was, there you go. And it's explained. And then you watch probably one of the classic old time. Old, old time. Yeah, Planes, Trains, and the Automobiles is just a great movie, period. Like, it doesn't matter what genre you want to put it in, whether you want to put it in road movie, comedy, Christmas movie, Thanksgiving movie, any of those types of things. No matter what genre you want to put it in, it's just a great movie. And it's definitely a road movie. Like, that was one... I'm inclined to be, like, most picky about genres, I think, of the four of us, and I, I wouldn't disagree with that one at all. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, Steve Martin, John Candy play a couple of uh, businessmen who, through fate, get... Uh, get thrown on a cross-country road trip together, trying to get uh, from L.A. to Chicago in time for Thanksgiving. And once again, hijinks ensue. And it's just, it's literally just one of the best comedies out there. It's so damn funny. It's a lot more serious than I remember, though, because I watched that with the kids over Thanksgiving. And I was like, wow, this is a lot more intense than I remember in a lot of places. Yeah, there's a a lot more emotions in it all, all throughout, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah what do you think the temperature is i don't know one <laughs> there's so many so many great lines in that movie got my hands between these pillows those, those aren't are pillows. pillows yeah that's a good one i like i still like that movie they're just so a great many, so good many pair. Great lines. well that was kind of uh i don't say reminiscent but kind of john hughes's thing with uh with the movies that you go to see him and you think they're a comedy and then you you wind up seeing seeing it and it's uh, he inserts a lot more drama than you were like holy crap all the feels yeah yeah i don't want to feel anything that's like when the girls wanted to watch breakfast club i'm like oh why do you want to watch that oh man it looks so funny it looks really funny oh man i think it's really funny people said it's really funny i'm like okay Uh... let's dip into that with that on our thought like (laughs) with that thought and by the they loved it you know by the end of it they're like that was not what we were expecting you know but um like anthony michael hall talking about uh Wait, was it him or was it Emilio Estevez? Talking about trying, he was going to kill himself with the flare gun? Yeah. Yeah, that was Anthony Michael Hall. Which, it sounds ridiculous and comedic, but it's heartbreaking. And you know all the kids made up their own stories for that, too. John Hughes told them all, you tell me why you're here. They had that whole scene where they had to go and talk, where they were talking about themselves. All, the, all those actors made up their own background. I actually uh, did not know that. I didn't either. Yeah. So I think they did a good job with it, too. Yeah, Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Um, so what did you watch, Mike? Well, I've watched It Happen One Night, as I love old movies. It is very 1930s, uh, though not as 1930s as Road to Bali and Road to Morocco is, for certain reasons. It's a road, almost like it's almost like a rom-com, like the ah. starting of a rom-com. Uh, she's trying to get to New York, you know, New York so she can marry the man she loves, says that she loves, and winds up falling in love with him on the way there. A lot of tropes are created. Um, It's just old time fun. You know, it's it's a movie that I again, another movie that I don't have to worry about watching my have put it on and have my kids watch it with me because I don't have to, you know, worry about anything except for, you know, back then. Nobody knew women were good for anything. <laughs> you know, that's really the only conversation. And they're like, oh, so it's like, you know, like they, they figure it out. You know, they, they know what the picking up on the differences in them, even back when they were little. But it's fun. It is, I forgot, I forgot who uh, directed that one. I think it was Capra. Yeah. Yeah. It was Frank Capra. Yeah. And it's a Frank Capra movie. That's the other side of it is that the direction of it is so great that it's, it stands out as a 
as a classic road movie. You know, it's it it's fun. It's creates like I said earlier, it creates that trope of uh her sticking out her leg to get the guy to pull over when they're hitchhiking. And at one point or another, everybody's kind of seen stills from it. The most famous one is probably the one where her and Humphrey uh, not Humphrey Bogart, though that would be <laughs> Bing Crosby. Yeah, Bing Crosby, Clark Gable and Humphrey Bogart are all sitting on a fence. Um, where Clark Gable and her are sitting on the fence together uh, out in the field. That's the actually where the hitchhiking scene takes place. But um, you know, it's got a great uh great cast for the time. Alan Hale, Arthur Hoyt, uh also Roscoe Carnes, you know, got a got a lot of great people in there. But it's kind of like the also the uh creation of the Bride on the Run genre also. Bride on the run. <laughs> Bride on the run. <laughs> Um, the other movie that I watched that we have not talked about yet was the Muppet movie. Ah, because I was thinking about movie traveling right in a car. Along. Yeah, <laughs> and it's got everything. It's got the road. It's got the stops at location where things happen, but they don't stay there. Um, it's a destination. Got, it's a destination in mind. You know, it's, you've got the the foil of Doc Hopper chasing him around the whole time, and. It's, you know, got the self-discovery going through it also, you know, which culminates in the uh, we're stuck in the desert around the campfire one scene. You know, it's probably if I were to say road movies, Muppet movies, probably in my top 10 of road movies. It's just a great movie, regardless of the puppets. It's just a great movie anyway. Oh, yeah. But you add that comedic element and the music and everything. And it's just it's just Steve, Mar- Steve Martin as a waiter. <laughs> May I go? Mm, yes. Thank you. It's got Muppets. It's got music. Yeah. Who could ask for anything more? Thank you. That's where I was going with that. Ethel Merman. <laughs> but yeah, so there you go. That is my my views. You know, the one movie that I really wanted to watch I did not get a chance to was The Long, Long Trailer. You know, I I looked up some more on that, and I I don't know. It, it doesn't seem to be a 100% road movie to me. They're traveling, yes, but... It's not, it's almost as if they're fighting the trailer the whole time. See, and I, I've seen it, but it's been so long ago. I just remember that they get the, the motor home and that creates problems in their marriage as they're trying to travel in the motor home. But I love Lucy and Desi. So I, you know, it was on my list, but I, yeah, I don't know if it technically, I assume it qualified because. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say it's definitely, but I, I don't think the, the travel on that, it's actually the um, more on the conflict between Lucy and Desi as the trailer gets more and more chaotic, and then Lucy and Desi versus the trailer. But So what do you think? Is that good for the then? Do we think we got anything else we want to... Mm, I think we've reached the end of the road for the first yeah, half. Very nice. Yeah. All right. I'm not proud. Yeah, you shouldn't be. <laughs> When uh, we come back, we're going to talk about road movies now. What changes have happened in the last few years of the road movie genre? What uh, what did we watch? And, um, you know, what? Uh, how are things different from uh, then to now on road trips? So road trip movies. Not road trip movies. Not road trip movies. Road movies. Road movies. Yes. I'm going to obsess right. about that all show. Not road movies. Road trip movies. Road trip, oh, yes. I'm going to murder you. Trip, trip movies. Not trip movies. Trip road movies. Trippy movies. About roads. Movies about roadies. We're in bat country now. That's a road trip. Yeah, that's a trip trip. All right, we'll be back in a little bit. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to a new segment of the show. Since we are under the Geek Life Radio umbrella, uh, we have decided to 
showcase some music from the artists that play on Geek Life Radio. So if you like your nerdcore or a nerd rock uh, artist, uh, this week we are featuring Mega Thruster with other people playing Minecraft, just because it seems like something I would complain about to my kids. So uh, here you are. time when you would go play outside but that wasn't for me I just wanted to watch TV then came a time a bit fever blew my mind put the controller in my hand big which the boss that was the plan I became Mario and Tony Hawk and Such a shame to ruin a good game. I find it kind of odd to see all the different mods. I no longer know what's real. I just can't see the Just wanna watch videos of other people playing Minecraft. Yeah, the kids just wanna watch videos of other people playing Minecraft. Yeah, the kids just wanna watch videos of other people playing Minecraft. Yeah, the kids just wanna watch videos of other people playing Minecraft. Yeah, the kids just wanna watch videos of other people playing Minecraft. Yeah, the kids just wanna watch videos of other people playing Minecraft. All right, we are back and uh, looking at some of the road trip movies that we watched for the now. And first question to the guys, has the road trip movie changed post-2000? Well, I mean, it's no longer shockingly racist, if you're asking me. Well, (laughs) I mean, sometimes it is. There's not not a lot of brown face and black face left. Well. Not a lot, I said. Right. It's less prevalent since Bing died. Uh, (laughs) And since Dukes of Hazzard is not a road movie. I mean, I think I think the mode of travel has changed a bit more. Like, you know, airplanes are more prevalent. Um, 
you know, different types of, of vehicles. Uh, and even, I mean. But they, they still make them. I mean, even Ice-T, or not Ice-T, Ice Cube made a road movie with his daughter, with a daughter, about going to college. So they still do actual road movies. That was only like four years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was the oh. other one? Uh, Are We There Yet? And We're the Millers, I think would be, I would consider that a road movie. That's a road movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. They're making road movies. I mean, there are plenty well, of them. And I think now the quest subgenre is probably more prevalent, especially after the success of Lord of the Rings, which I, I was, when that's another one with the Warriors where I was like, wait, is that a road? Yeah, okay. It's a Getting, road movie. Fine. They definitely have a destination and they start at a clear point. And it's definitely the journey is the point. So but they weren't on roads for very much of it. I mean, I guess. I mean, they, they did yell, stay off the road. <laughs> That's one of the first things. Yeah. So what what would be the ro- a road movie different from something like The Hero's Journey or The Adventure? Mm, Hero's Journey is a pretty, like, explicit, starts with the call to adventure and the rejection of the call. Like, it, it's very... Uh, regimented phase by phase. Uh, I, I don't think the hero's journey has to be present in a road movie at, like at all. Okay. Sometimes it can be like it's not like something that would disqualify it for sure. So it's not it, it's not one doesn't have to be the other, but the other one can be the first one type of thing. Right. It, it it's not a prerequisite. It's like I keep harping about these aren't road trip movies. Well, that doesn't mean you can't have a trip. It's just that a vacation is not strictly required. Got it. Well, because a lot of them we talked about weren't necessarily a vacation. Mm-hmm. Although the vacation movies certainly are road movies. Yes. I mean, vacation is one of them that falls up there as, you know, kind of a prototypical road movie in a lot of ways. You know, at least as far as what you think of when you think of that genre. Uh, I mean, I wonder, does does The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings fall under Hero's Journey instead? I mean, as a, as part of the subgenre? Mm. I'm sure there's been a paper on whether or not The Hobbit is Hero's Journey. I'd have to think about it before I said for sure it wasn't. Because there's a, a call to action. I mean, if you're talking about Lord of the Rings specifically, you know, Gandalf shows up, Bilbo, or, or I'm sorry, Frodo, you know, reluctantly crouched at the starting line, you know, takes the... uh the journey and uh Engines becomes a hero and i would do time. the same thing i was, <laughs> I was it, waiting it was totally in my head i was, I was hoping was, somebody was gonna go with it it but. was like good band the ugly we're all waiting for everybody else to draw <laughs> got my standoff i'm sorry Joel. didn't mean i didn't mean to show that song is in my head i love that song no that was it i just was i was just wondering i to me that felt like when josh described a hero's journey that it felt more like that was lord of the rings versus a road movie so what did we all watch Josh, what what uh, what was on your list? Uh, well, there's one a movie that is better than I thought it would be, but it's one of my wife's favorites. Uh, so it's constantly on at least once a year in this house, and that's Euro Trip. Still have not seen that. I've seen it once. It's I, legitimately way funnier than I thought it would be. Now that means a lot coming from you because I watched the trailer for it and I was like, Ugh. and yeah, there is a lot of it that is just kind of generic teen sex comedy. But there is this bit uh, where the guys get into the Pope's personal suite by a series of misadventures. That's not something I was expecting in that movie. And uh, I don't want to spoil it because you really need to see that scene. I, I laughed so hard the first time I saw it. 
tears were rolling down my face. Literally, the only thing I know from that movie is just the whole scoozy, scoozy guy. And it's actually one of the more I like. It, I like Fred Armisen, but that's actually one of the more annoying parts of the film. Right, and that's that we've talked about that before. But that's literally all I know about. <laughs> I don't know why I even know that. That's just like a running joke with some old friends. You've, I think you've probably heard the song "Scotty Doesn't Know." No, I don't think so. Uh, it, it actually no. It it broke out into pop. The whole thing is the main character Scotty, and he's graduating high school, and he's got his girlfriend Fiona, and he thinks that he's gonna like make a commitment to her after high school. And at the post like graduation uh, party, the band starts singing the song Scotty doesn't know about how he's been fucking Fiona like behind his back for the, like the last two years. So not only does he learn his girlfriend's cheating on him, but everyone learns that his girlfriend's been cheating on him for years and is singing along with the story of how it happened. Oh, geez. That's, yeah. that's your setup for Euro trip huh. where he decides to instead pursue the uh, European girl he met online that he never got close to because he had a girlfriend. And then after I realized that uh, Lord of the Rings was a uh, road flick, I, I, I had to see them again. You watched all three of them? That's a haul. Extended. That that, that's pretty much much the only way I watch them now, is the extended. That was a hero's journey in and of itself. (laughs) Well, I did not deny the call to adventure. Yeah. I may have passed through the underworld at one point. You have my ass. Ew. What? What? Yeah, don't say that. (laughs) So, uh, Joel. Yes. What'd you watch? Uh, Well, the first one I watched is one that Patrick also watched, which is Due Date, um, which has been on my list for a while, and... It comes up in a lot of lists of modern road films, uh, and I'll let I'll let Pat talk about it because I've got two other ones in okay. here. But it, it was it was it was good. It had took a lot of tropes from planes, trains, and automobiles. But the one thing that I did not like about it is that it was mean spirited, and so it felt it felt like it was trying to be planes, trains, and automobiles. But and of course, that was some of the stuff that I liked the most about it when Robert Downey Jr. was being really mean. It's done by Todd Phillips, who did The Hangover and a bunch of other stuff you probably have seen. But uh, yeah, and who, by all accounts, is not a nice person, right? <laughs> and if but you yeah, watch overall, you know, I mean, film. it's a, it's a typical, you know, your, your road movie. Zach Galifianakis does a lot of the Zach Galifianakis type stuff. Um, his whole character is just, you know, crazy, over the top, awkward. Wants to be an actor. Um, what's his name? I'm blanking all of a sudden. Um, in the movie? Yeah, yeah. The character's name just Ethan. Uh, um, Oh, Even shit. Tremblay. Tremblay, yeah. 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 And it's just the whole, I mean, he's just such a ridiculous over-the-top character. It's hard to, like, take him seriously until, like, they finally break through and you start seeing the human side of him like, halfway through the movie. I mean, it's it's a, it's a got its moments where it's funny and everything, but overall, it's, it's there's a lot of cringe in it. There's a lot of uh, forced comedy. And okay. their chemistry is kind of not that great. But um, for all its faults, it's it's still entertaining. You know, the biggest problem I had with that movie, when I say mean-spirited, is they could have left out the whole angle of him having uh, Robert Downey Jr. character having uh, anger management issues because it just felt like they could have left it as him getting upset, you know, like Steve Martin does in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles without the violence because then it made him unlikable. Like, you start to like him, and then he turns into a complete and utter fucking piece of shit and i just was like yeah i mean like i said there were a couple of moments on both sides of where they went a little too far a little too much cringe a little too you know and it wasn't enjoyable anymore but i mean for the most part you know the comedy part of it was was pretty good yeah it's it's worth watching once uh the next one i watched was interstate 60 episodes of the road which uh laura found and uh 
It was written and directed by Bob Gale, who, if you don't know, he's the guy behind Back to the Future. Um, it's about uh, James Marsden is a guy who uh, is an artist, but his dad wants him to you know, follow in his footsteps and a different career path. He buys him a car. He decides to uh, take a an offer from Christopher Lloyd's character to deliver a package uh, at the other end of an interstate that doesn't exist. And it's it's a whole movie about metaphors and allegories and everything is, you know, kind of this loosely veiled uh, subcontext that's not very sub. Um, and it's about his journey from point A to point B. And he's also trying to find a girl in the process, played by Amy Smart, uh, who was also in uh, the movie I, uh, Road Trip. It's it's interesting, but it's a little too weird and a little too heavy handed to recommend it. But it, it was an it definitely was a road trip because he ended up at a destination. And he was definitely a different person. Mm. Uh, if Joel best- thinks it's weird and heavy handed, Patrick would explode in the first twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm I'm kind of quietly making sure that my pen to me scratching out the name of that movie off my list doesn't sound. <laughs> The, the two best parts of the movie were Chris Cooper's character and the Museum of uh, Fraud, the art, the Museum of Art Fraud. Um, and then the last movie I watched was Away We Go, which was kind of a different take on the theme, but it popped up on a few lists. And I've been kind of wanting to see it anyway. It's uh, John Krasinski and uh, Maya Rudolph, where they're a couple. She's pregnant. They have been living at this kind of broken down house. Uh, his parents decide that they're going to move uh, overseas a month before the baby's born. And so they're like, well, there's nothing holding us anymore. We should move to a new place and start over. So the whole movie is about them going from place to place, trying to find a new place to live. And along the way, they figure out where they should end up. And it's a very sweet movie. It's it's kind of a, they're already you know together. So it's not really a romantic comedy per se, but there's, there is some romance in it and it's, it's funny and it was really good. Like I was, I was impressed and, um, it met all the the uh, the things you need in a, a road movie because they traveled by different types of travel. They went to different destinations. They only were there. Each destination was, you know, 15, 20 minutes of time. Then they moved on and then they ended up where they were supposed to be. And it was a, a poignant ending. So nice. definitely recommend it if you like those guys, especially. All right. So uh, I watched Little Miss Sunshine for my first one, uh, which is a classic uh road trip movie the whole the whole point is getting a um getting the family to the uh beauty pageant to the finals of beauty pageant they cross country road trip in the bus which is turns out to actually be more of a character uh just as much of the character as everybody else in the uh in there it stars steve carell tony collette greg kinnear um it's uh, ellen arkin as grandpa amazingly as grandpa fucking chicken yeah <laughs> it's um, but it's, I mean, it's, I think it's almost kind of like a, I stepped into it thinking it was a comedy. And again, I was one of those where I got more drama out of it than I was expecting. Have you not seen it before? Long ago. Oh, long, such a long good ago. movie. It is. It is. And, um, you know, just, I mean, all the scenes, Mike, I mean, all boiling up to the little girl doing her, doing her performance for the, uh, for the beauty pageant where she's crawling on all fours and all that was ridiculous. I mean, just good stuff all around. Uh, one of the things that I really like about this one is that it's more than it. While it is, we have had movies where it's two people or a group, this is different because the dynamic is a little stranger because it's a uh, family. 
you know, so there's not like two strangers thrust together like in Midnight Run where they have nothing in common. You know, two guys have nothing in common. Will they make it to the, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. It's a family who steps into the van with family problems and family connections and all that. And you see the development and change in their attitude towards each other and the relationships with everybody as they as they travel. And that's something I thought was is while family road movies tend to lean more towards the other one of the other movies that I watched was Vacation. Uh, this one I think was good. It was, you know, it was dramatic where it needed to be dramatic and just enough laughs to keep you from getting too depressed when things got really depressing. Um no, I, I like you're right. I haven't seen this in a long time, and it's, uh, it's. I remember why I enjoyed it so much. You know, just great. It's family road trip, but it's a little bit of that dark realism to it. Uh, the other one that I watched was 2001's Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Before we leave, that I just wanted to put a, another thumbs up on a little bit of sunshine. I love that movie so much. Patrick likes that movie too. It's yeah. so good. Like that, yeah. that's like, that's going to be a four thumbs up, even though we're not really doing. <laughs> yeah, we all yeah, love it. Just so, so many like subtle jokes, along with so many over the top jokes. It's just so well written and well done. And they definitely change from the time they leave and the time they get to where they're going. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot and, of art. and a shout out to Steve Carell in just a role that's a little out of left field for him i mean everybody was so paul dana was so good in it everybody abigail Breslin was so good i mean they were all they were all so good yeah they were all on point it's a great movie well all right and silent bob strike back on the other side of the the call (laughs) i I like this movie but yeah i mean and and it's the other side of the uh ridiculousness on this one um just paging through movies saw this one and I, it fits, you know, two guys, their goal is to get to Hollywood and ruin this movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, you're on the wrong podcast. Uh, <laughs> I am the clit commander. <laughs> it's uh non sequitur after non sequitur reference after reference. Uh, Jason Muse, Kevin Smith, Ben Affleck. Um, everybody shows up at one point or another. You know, you've got uh, Elisha Dishku shows up. You've got Judd Nelson that shows up. You've got Sean William Scott. Uh, George Elizabeth. Carlin is a hitchhiker in a very bizarre scene that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> With Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher, yeah. <laughs> but um, Roadhead. But, but no, the it's it's the uh, it, it's road movie on absurdity. It's the absurdist road movie. It's kind of like the American dream of road movies. If that makes sense. I don't know if it does. What do you mean, American, American dream? The, the play. Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah. I, I was doing the the baseball and apple pie part. Oh no, no, yeah, no, that's no, what I was thinking. Yeah, no, no, the American dream. I, like, the, I would the play. not call Jay and Silent Bob that kind of American dream. No, not everyone at all. should aspire to snoochie boochies. <laughs> Like Norman Rockwell. <laughs> no, uh, just ridiculousness in kind, almost kind of throwing back without the musical scenes of the, you know, old road to Bali and those sort of things. They're trying to get from point A to point B and the most ridiculous things happen between then and now. That And yeah. there's a monkey. And there's well, a monkey. Orangutan. Yes. And the other one that I watched was Vacation, the uh, the remake that we actually watched for our vacation show a while ago technically a sequel yeah um this has got ed helms was in uh 2015 uh it's a decent take you know it's it's got the uh, griswolds of griswold family rusty as the uh, ed helms this time or ed helms as rusty this time the son from the first one and uh all of them getting back on the road to get back out to uh to uh i almost said moose land 
Wally World? Wally World. That's not that's not great. I would go to Moose Land though. Moose Land? Moose Land. That's Canada. Moose, go to Moose Knuckles Land. Moose Knuckles. There's 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 a town in Canada called Moose Factory, so I think that's where they all come from. <laughs> the Moose Knuckles? No, the no, Moose Factory. Moose Factory. That's where the moose come from. They make the oh, knuckles. Oh, I got you. Yeah, see? And the knuckles come from the moose. Yes. Gotcha. Right. They're pre-installed. Though you could probably upgrade. My sister was bit by a moose. Jeez. Now oh, you're going to say something else. That was another question. When I was when I was sitting and paging through the movies, Monty Python and the Holy Grail came up. And the I did not watch it because I did not think it was a road movie, but I was at some of the family was vehemently not on that uh they thought it was they were arguing whether it was a road movie or not yeah i don't know if i don't, I don't know if i would call it a road movie because none of them are changed they're on That's a quest our, well they're, on they're definitely day. on a quest and they, they have a goal and they have you know hijinks but going and, somewhere isn't the point finding something is the point uh, right. that's right okay that's so take yeah. that back to them and tell them they're wrong yeah i'm not gonna do that <laughs> do it so, uh, but yeah, those are the ones I watched. Now, Pat, what you watched one of the ones that Joel watched and one other, which I have not heard of. Oh, yeah. This is on my list. Everything's on your list. I'm going to be watching it this weekend, actually. But yeah, before we, we get too far away from it, I really enjoyed the remake of Vacation, the Ed Helms version. The one scene when they're pushing all the buttons and the car seats are sw- are flipping around and everything. I was I was crying laughing. It was so good. It's I thought better. that movie was much funnier than it, than it, than it was going to be. Yes, it's better than it should have been. And, you know, credit to all the people that were involved in it. Uh, plus the scene with uh, Chris Hemsworth with his giant cock. Oh, yeah. It's funny. Giant cock. So, Pat. A dick. Yes. Tell us about Bad Trip. Uh, are you guys familiar with that movie? Do you know what it is at all? I I've am. seen the trailer for it. Yeah. Um, I watched it basically based on the fact that, you know, it's a, it was a road trip movie. Uh, it was a road movie. Sorry, Josh. Um, I was queuing and- up my unmute. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it, it kind of fit the requirements for what we were watching this week and it was being new and everything. And, and, and I saw on Twitter that Pat Oswalt, somebody that I really like, uh, recommended it. He said it was very funny. So I went to watch it and it was, it was amusing. It was not anywhere near as funny as Pat Oswalt had led me to believe. But, um, it's basically, it's a typical Eric Andre type thing that you would expect. There's a, it's a hidden prank show thinly veiled around a road movie where they make this, this whole, you know, pretense that they're going to New New York to find you know a girl that he went to high school with and the whole time they're going like every time they stop somewhere they have pranks that they have set up and they're like you know they're, they're like really harmless type pranks that like nobody gets you know made fun of or hurt or any of that kind of stuff it's just really funny things and like the buds of the joke is always Eric Andre of course and you know and, and it's just so they, they it's it's not your typical like Bing Crosby type of road movie but it's it's a prank movie slash road movie kind of like was, it was enjoyable but it didn't it didn't blow my skirt up kind of like uh bad grandpa or the borat movies yeah yeah it was very similar to the borat movies and and bad grandpa definitely yeah but the pranks were much more um good natured for lack of a better word except for the one where they run around with both of their penises in a chinese finger trap <laughs> See that made me laugh. It was it, it was pretty damn funny, but at what and it, it got to a point where I was like, "Oh my god, this is going on way too long and making me way too uncomfortable." So would you because recommend? The longer it? it went on, the longer they kept stretching the 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 fake the prosthetic penises, and it just looked so goddamn painful. 
So would you recommend it, though? To watch the whole thing? Yes. Yeah, if you're not really looking, if you're just looking to kind of check your brain out and, and just watch some kind of funny prank type stuff. And if you like Eric Andre, you'll like it. I mean, if if, if it's it's a typical Eric Andre joint. Mm-hmm. And Little Rel plays his sidekick instead of Hannibal Burris. That's about well, all I can really say about it. I was on the shelf about that one, and now I know where I land. Yeah. It looks like I got an hour and a half back in my life. <laughs> Yeah, I'm debating whether I should switch it to something else. On See, my list. I like Eric Andre, but I prefer <laughs> Eric Andre with Hannibal Burris. Yeah, it definitely is a different, uh, a, a different dynamic without Hannibal Burris. Wonder why he didn't partake. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. But Tiffany Haddish plays the uh, plays Lil Rel's sister and, and the villain of the movie, and she's pretty good. Hmm. There's I'm one, hot and there's cold a, on Like, her. there's one scene where, where where she's chasing them down on their road trip, and uh, there's one scene where she's in a coffee shop talking to all these like yuppie type women, and she's all gangster looking and everything, talking about how she's going to find them and kill them and have they been there, whatever. And they have a, a police car uh, out staged outside, and she goes out there and like uh, as the cop goes inside to get a coffee, she like rips the door off and steals the car, and just the look on all these women's faces, they're like, what? So that's the kind of you know the, the pranks that they're doing like, you know, that kind of stuff where like outrageous things are happening around normal people and it's just their reactions to it that are the, that's the joke you know huh I could have sworn I saw a uh, prank where I thought it was Tiffany Haddish was uh, pretending to be an escaped felon hiding under a bus. Yeah, is yeah, it from that, was, that movie? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, that was really funny. It was a, it was a very funny scene because she, the, the the dude is trying to help her out. He's like, just go, go. Like they they just came here looking for you. Just go, get out of here. We're gonna get in trouble. And she keeps she keeps barely evading the cops as they're looking for her, and she keeps coming back to him to thank him. And the, every time she comes back to thank him, he's like, get out of here. And it just keeps getting funnier and funnier because she, she keeps coming back to him, and the poor guy's like, I don't want to get busted too. Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, so I okay. mean, it, it's things like that in it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I saw that out of context, so I, I actually am pretty sure I would enjoy this. Yeah, like I said, there's no, there's no like you know, the, there's no humor that's at other people's expenses and stuff like that that you guys don't like. So I think you would enjoy it, Josh. I don't have a problem with that. I like Borat <laughs> and Bad Grandpa. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I think you two guys would like it, and I don't think Mike would. I think that's where it would balance out too. <clears throat> yeah. Well, all right. I think that's the end of the list. So what? Given given these lists, what we all watched, we have what would you say would be your favorite from the then, favorite from the now, from our lists, or just in general, like one? Just seen in general, before? mine is easily Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's like probably in my that might be in my top ten favorite movies of all time. I love that movie so much. I'm just tickled. Like I've always loved the Warriors, but I'm tickled by the fact that by our definition, even though you wouldn't think of it as a road movie, that it is. I just love that. Um. I mean, with traditional kind of what first comes to mind road movie, it would have it's probably a tie between Vacation, Dumb and Dumber, and Tommy Boy because those are kind of what I would think is a prototypical. Those are three good ones. Buddies on a trip from point A to point B, and a lot of crazy shit happens in between. Yeah, I think for me it's going to be Muppet, the Muppets, which is a solid choice. Yeah, I mean, it's any movie that, that involves the shagging wagon, you gotta you gotta give <laughs> you gotta give props to. So what about now? Hmm. I mean, it doesn't even have to be on the list. I mean, not just because you watch it doesn't mean it has to be your favorite. What's uh, What could be one of your favorite road movies from the now? I'd go with Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, I may also go with Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, I mean, I, I would definitely throw that one in there. Uh, Vacation, Where the Millers. Um, yeah. I really like God Bless America, although that is uh, a bit of a different take on the road trip. Hmm. I think Where the Millers is up there for me for road trip comedies. That one, yeah. that, I think that's another... 
If it wasn't for Little Miss Sunshine, I would pick We're the Millers. Yeah, that's another one of those where it was better than it it had any right to be from... No regrets, huh? Not even one letter? <laughs> You're yeah, you guys can you guys convinced me to watch that, and I never look back. Yeah. So, Joel... <laughs> well, I love it when he describes the haircut he wants, and the guy's yeah. sitting there waiting, just points, he's like, he wants this one. <laughs> yeah. And the Ben Folds cameo. Oh, was that who that was? Yeah, the piano, the, the piano player at the back. That's Ben Folds. I didn't realize it. That's funny. Yeah, but uh, Joel, what yes. what do we have uh, on the list for the next couple weeks or next week or whatever week? What what's coming up soon? Uh well, we've still got the Punky Brewster show in the hopper. Uh, we're gonna be asking you guys to get over here because we're gonna be talking about uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, we're gonna be talking about hobbies and Ultraman. <laughs> I love me some Ultraman. What is Ultraman? It's one of the uh, original Japanese uh, mild-mannered guy turns into a superhero robot fighter dude type shows. Is it better than Wanted? Which One? Is, yeah, the, the James uh, McAvoy movie. Which is no, it's more like a, like a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers sort of Ugh. something. Yeah, it's like a precursor to the Power Rangers. Yeah. Sick that week. Yeah. <laughs> But so, you'll no. be here for Punky Brewster. Oh, I don't know which is worse. <laughs> See, we uh, need your input, Pat, because you're ultra punky. Y- you may so, be the one that has some negative. Th- we want to hear you rant about Ultraman. If, if so, oh, you if will. you if you want to argue with us about our definition of what a road movie is, or you think, "Holy crap! I can't believe they didn't mention this movie." Let us know. Uh, tell us about it uh, by giving us a call at seven zero eight now. Wrap that's seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven. Yep, and if you're looking for uh, some of our older stuff or keep in touch with us, uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Blueberry Stitcher. We are on uh, Geek Life Radio. We are on Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. Amazon Music. Oh, I just discovered Amazon Music. If you guys were listening, any of the listeners there, if you're still there, turns out Amazon Music, for some reason or another, had two copies of us up there. So neither of them were updating. Pizza, pizza. Ooh, I know, good. right? Yeah, it wasn't any good. If they both so, weren't updating, that's not good. Yeah, but it's been fixed. So now we are, if you are on Amazon Music and you're just listening to this, you can go back, listen to all the eight shows that you missed. Should we so, mention the Hobie guys real quick? Since we, oh, definitely. Guys. I'm sorry. I assume that meant you wanted to say something. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I don't know. Hobie guys. This yes. is the portion of the show I don't help, remember? Yes, that's right. That's right. Also yes, known he, as all of it. <laughs> Uh, if you want to listen to uh, our sister show, History of Bad Ideas, uh, get on there. They are on weekly, just like us. I uh, have some great stuff going on there. Their top five lists uh, seem to be pretty damn funny. Um, in fact, uh, one of the guys on that show re- reminded me of you, Patrick, because we all had to do the uh, top five Bruce Campbell roles. Yeah, I saw that you Yeah, you did that. I was excited. Yeah, and um, he, he said he didn't understand the question, so he just did his top five Bruce's. And I was like, that was the thing Patrick would do. Yep. <laughs> How do you Definitely not understand felt. that question? I I don't know. I think that was the joke. Joel's Joel's top five, three of them were Ash. I didn't understand it either, so. <laughs> so that tracks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we will be back uh, with some punky combat and some ultra Brewster. <laughs> so uh, stick around. Follow us, you know, on Apple, iTunes, all that. Leave us a review and... Uh, Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. A dick!
Joel back? We were just talking. <laughs> <laughs> About the tattoos and the tramp stamp. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so are you back? Answer the question. <laughs> no. Oh, man. 